We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move over to the defense, Ryan. And this class, uh, this class was interesting because, unfortunately, this is going to be the class that people look at as the what-if group, much, much more so than the offense, because people in their heads are just not going to be able to to get three names out of their heads: Keon Keeley, Jason Moore, and Peyton Bowen. And that's understandable. We're not going to focus on them during this show. So, what I want you all to try to do the best you can is for us to talk about what this class is for the purposes of the rest of this show so in the chat and we're having this conversation let's talk about what is not what but what if okay so we're going to focus on what is what is is this is an outstanding group of players this is an outstanding haul i gave it a b plus because i don't think it's quite a top five group but Mm -hmm. i think it's without question a top 10 group in my opinion from a defensive staff or defensive hall standpoint the reason it didn't quite get into that A minus A territory, Ryan, is because I felt uh, that they needed a little bit more certainty up front, yeah. and 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 I would have liked to have had an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Now, so that you all understand the purposes of this, talking to some different sources, basically what happened in the last twenty four hours with the Peyton Bowen situation has solidified where where Brandon Hillman's going to start his career, mm-hmm. and that's going to be safety. So when we're talking about this class, we're talking about Notre Dame getting Brandon Hillman and playing him at safety, which was always a possibility. Yeah. So so keep that in mind. I'm I like the numbers at safety. I think that that's a position you could have maybe had a little bit more impact talent. I think you could you could argue that you need an edge. I think the the floor to ceiling gap in the four defensive linemen are the yeah. things that have me having it down as a B plus as opposed to an A minus or an A. Those are the, that's the reason I gave them. I think you could argue for a minus. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm not quite ready to go there for those. Those are the reasons really I look at it and say, that's where, that's where this group is for me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And, and I'm not going to push too much on the grade, honestly, Brian, because I, I completely understand your your opinion on it, right? I mean, because there are, there's a lot of peaks and valleys to this class, right? There's a lot of variance. There's a lot of potential. And I, I mean, you you mentioned this before, though, on, the, on this podcast, I believe, that if, Notre, if you can guarantee that all Notre Dame's players on the defensive side of the football hit, then this is a top five class. Like, there's no doubt about it, right? But it's just up front, especially – there's just too much variance to how good this group could be, right? It could be stellar, guys. And I'm writing an article right now about this, the fact that the defensive line, I believe, is the make-it-or-break-it group for this class in general, in my opinion. Like, I do think that because it could be fantastic or it could just be meh, right? It could have, mm-hmm. it could be depth at that point. It's got, you know, tools, these guys that maybe when they're fourth or fifth year guys really add a lot to your game, like more like Adi Ogundiji, like that type of player. Right. Right. There's a lot of him in this class. That's a great, great example of what you're talking about, Ryan. I, I, I think there is a lot of that in this class and it gets you excited because as a football guy and as a former coach, I look at that and say, I would love to work with Armand Mukum. I would love to work with Bubakar Triori. I can get the best out of that guy. But the fact of the matter is, is that all those guys are not going to hit. It's just never, it's never going to happen. And that's every school. It's not just a Notre Dame thing. There are five stars on every team every single year that do not hit, that don't become the guys that they are because for whatever reason, whether it's a mental thing, whether it's a coaching thing, whatever, they don't reach their potential. So not every player Notre Dame has is going to, is going to hit. The one thing I'll say about it though, Brian, from a positive perspective is yes, I think it's still a very good class. And one thing I'll say is, did Notre Dame get more athletic and longer at every yeah. level of the defense? No doubt, right? Like the talent is easy to see. There's no question that Al Washington, Al Golden, Chris O'Leary, Mike Nickens, they're going to have some talents to work with. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Let's start up front, Ryan, and look at the defensive line. Because I think that to me, for me, and I know for some people it's the safeties. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them because I, I think people are going to disagree with us when we talk about the safety group. Uh, but when I look at the when I look at the defensive line class, Ryan, I gave it, you know, I gave the defensive line and the safeties a similar grade, and for different reasons. I gave them the same grade actually for different reasons, and I gave them a B. 
So I went with B because again, what's the what does B mean in our grading system? Because you, you have to understand what we mean by B when we say that a group got to be. It's an outstanding haul. It's a top 15 caliber group. I think you could argue for B plus if you're gonna look at the up if you're gonna focus more on the upside, you could focus, you could give them an A minus. But here's some of the things that kind of dragged it down a little bit for me. It's not even the fact that they don't have an edge rusher. Because, again, I don't think that was needed. You didn't need Keon Keeley because, boy, we're desperate for a Viper. You needed Keon Keeley because you don't have anyone like him on your roster. That is a gap-erasing type of player, right? And, and so that's why they also didn't lose their minds trying to replace him. Because they're, the, the main needs in this, they, they needed length. They needed power. They needed guys that could play inside. That's what this group need this cl- this uh, staff needed because as the season wore on, yeah, Josh Burnham moved to Viper. Yeah, Aiden Gobire can play there. Junior Tuilamaka started playing there more during the season. So the staff decided it's not a great Viper year, and there's nobody that re- that we can get right now. I mean, sure they'd love to have Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson, you know, Caleb Herring. Um, for the life of me right now, uh, Shandavian Bradley, those are guys that the staff liked a lot. They weren't getting those guys. Right. And there's a reason Ohio State didn't get Damon Wilson. So even if for some reason Notre Dame did land a Damon Wilson, guess what? He's flipping for an NIL deal at the end anyway, if, if you're to believe um, what is being reported by some Ohio State people, right? How true that is, I don't know. That's why I'm saying it's being reported by others. But would it shock you and fit in line with everything else we hear about kids from that region? No, not at all. So they met their needs with length. They added size. They added power. Those were all things that this staff needed more than you needed a pure edge rusher. Mm -hmm. I want a pure edge rusher, however, every year, whether it's a need or not, I'm trying to land an edge rusher every year. So I I am going to ding them a little bit for that, even though it wasn't necessarily need. I also think that I give the staff a lot of credit for finding these high upside guys like Bubakar Traore, like Armel Mukum to a degree, Devin Houston, but at the same time, it's always risky when you're taking that, when your class is built around them. Because the Adi Ogundiji class had Adi Ogundiji, who was a 215-pound defensive end, who, who whose upside I loved. I gave him a four-and-a-half-star upside grade. However, he also had Khalid Kareem in that class, Julian Aguar in that class, and Daylon Hayes in that class. <laughs> and Daylon and Khalid were both very high-floor guys, very high-floor guys. And then Julian Aguara was a lot like Adi in that he was a – a lower floor because of the, he was like 205 pounds when he signed Notre Dame. He was a low floor, but very high ceiling guy, but you still had those two high floor guys built in. And I don't view Brennan Vernon as the kind of high floor guy that Khalid Cream and Dalen Hayes were. He is also a little bit of boomer bust for me because of the injuries, because of the fact that you don't quite know where he's going to play. He's just not a sure thing. But again, like the others, Brennan has a very high ceiling. If he can stay healthy and develop, he's got a very high ceiling. But he's more of a, a five-technique, power-end, three-technique, mm-hmm. potentially even a nose guard if he keeps filling out in this defense nose guard. So I love that about him. But, again, he's got a you – know, he, as talented as he is, there's still parts of his game. They His problem was his high school didn't use him correctly, in my opinion. They just kind mm-hmm. of put him out there and said, go be a big dude, and he was. Uh, right. They didn't really turn him loose a lot. So the production doesn't equal the talent. That matters to me when I'm evaluating, when I'm talking about grades. Bubakar was a little banged up this year. He's still mm-hmm. a pro- projectable kid. Devin Houston's the most impactful kid they had at the high school level. 
he was the most productive they had the last two years. He's probably the highest four guy that they have. And I like him a lot too. So there's a lot I like about this defensive line class, Ryan. But if we're, if we're talking about stacking it up against the best of the best, it just doesn't quite live up to, or doesn't quite meet that standard the way that the linebacker group does, the cornerback group does, the O-line group does, the receivers, the, the running backs, the quarterbacks. It just doesn't quite stack up based on what we know about the class. But I'll say this, mm-hmm. if they can develop it, this class has a chance to surprise and far outplay its ranking. It's just, as you said, Ryan, when you have the lower floor guys, unless you are you catch a little bit of luck or you have a great developer, the reality is, is you're just going to be in situations where you're just not – the odds of them all panning out is just – it's not – it just doesn't happen that way. What happened with the 2016 class is rare. They literally all panned out to some degree. They were all, they literally all were NFL players. All four of them got drafted. That is such a rare thing. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because two of them had very high floors. And that's a big yeah. part of it. Well, and I would say this too, Brian. I mean, from a ranking perspective, you can't rank this group that high. You can't do it because of that variance, right? You have to take you have to take the floor into competition because there's going to be some opportunity for those guys to play also. Like we didn't talk about that a ton, right? But there's going to be some opportunity inside a defensive tackle with Jason Adam a little leaving and trying to find impact talent in there. There's going to be some opportunities at Viper if there's a guy that can play that position. Obviously, I don't think there is that guy in this class, but there's going to be opportunities to play. I mean, if you then if you start toying with Riley Mills inside, then there's going to be an opportunity at big end for maybe one of these guys get to get some playing time, right? So I think there's going to be opportunities. I don't think there's a ton of high floor guys. I agree 100% on you uh, with you on that. I would say this from the positive perspective, obviously, and you hit on this already. I disagree with some people at times about what is missing with this defensive line at Notre Dame in general. Everyone always talks about weights. I don't think it's just weights, guys. I think it's length, right? I think it's the body types where you can add that weight sufficiently. Like, why does everyone keep talking about Justin Scott in 2024? It's because not only is he 300 pounds, He's also 6'5 and still put on a lot more weight. You got a ton of length in this class, man. I mean, you want to talk about drawing it up on the board? Like, Bubakar Traore is what it looks like. He's 6'4 with an 80-inch wingspan. Like, you want that type of dude. Armel Mukum is 6'4, almost the same exact size as Bubakar Traore, and probably right around the same type of arm length. Like, he is vines for arms. Brennan Vernon is 6'5", now probably 280-plus pounds, and he's got really nice length for his position. And the great thing about Brennan Vernon, too, Brian, is although he's a big kid, he can still put on a substantial amount of weight, in my opinion. There's, It's still a clean frame. Like, he's not fat, right? Like, he's just a good-looking frame. Like, he could be 6'5", 300, and it's in a snap of a finger. Like, he could be that type of dude. So maybe that is your three-tech. Maybe he is your penetrating nose type. Yes, would you argue that he went from a little overrated to very underrated yes. during the course of the last year? Yes. Like I never felt he was, and I said this at the time, he was not, in my opinion, a top 10 to 15 guy mm-hmm. like rivals had him when they first had him. Yep. But now people don't even have him in their top 250. And I think that's <laughs> absurd. Like to I, I me, think... he's a top 250, top 150 ish kind of guy because yeah. he's got, because of the combination of, of floor plus ceiling, body type, and all that kind of stuff. You look at his rankings, uh, on three has him at number 257, ESPN has him at number 111, Rivals has him at 60, and then 247 doesn't even have him in the top two, 247 guys. So wow. one service has him as the number seven defensive lineman in the country, and another has him number 40. It's a pretty big gap. To me, I kind of view him right now 
as mm-hmm. as closer to between ESPN and on three, one eleven to two fifty seven. Uh, is kind of where I'd have him, but closer to 111 than 257. But I'd say my range for him is in there. I think he's like a, around 145 to 165 for me. But some of the people I think have really underrated him quite a bit, yes. whereas early on he was ranked a little too high for right. me. Because at the time they thought he was going to Ohio State. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, that's, and, that's, and we, that's why he was ranked that high, for being honest. We, we, talk, we talked about this yesterday a little bit on IB Nation Sports Talk. Someone actually put the question in the mailbag and was like, why is no one talking about Brendan Vernon? And I think a lot of it is he's been in the class forever. He's a Notre Dame commit, right? But then also – he doesn't, he doesn't have a flashy game, right? Like he does a lot of the dirty work for his team. Like he two gaps a ton, he plays down, he, you know, he he works in the run game, plays the pursuit. Like he does a lot of the dirty work. And plus he hates media. He hates social media. Like he doesn't give a flip about any of that stuff, which is surprising how well, uh, Brian, I don't know if you heard some of the interviews that he did on signing day. It was really good, man. I was like, oh, okay. He opened up to uh, some reporters for once. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he is underrated tremendously in my opinion. And I think, you know, getting back to the original point is that, I mean, Brian, like he could be six, five, 300 pounds before, you know, in the snap of a finger, Devin Houston could be six, four and a half near 300 pounds or at 300 pounds in a snap of a finger. Bubakar Traore and Armand Mukum both have size, size profiles where I say with their 80 inch wingspans, those guys can fill out and be 270 plus playing defensive end still. Like they could still be those types of dudes. So you got power, you got length. I think you did meet a tremendous need on the roster in the sense that you need to get longer up front. There's no doubt about that. You need that size profile. But to your point, you still can't rank them super high because there is so much question to the floor. There is. I mean, which one of these guys is for sure going to play year one and year two? I don't know if the and answer where? is 100%. Exactly. Can you guarantee me that any of them can play big end? Well, I, I asked that I asked that with Devin Houston yesterday, Brian. I was like, the, the interesting part of this defensive line class is that I have a, a my, like I have a idea of where each one of you guys will probably end up, but I don't know for sure. Like there's so much variance to it. And he talked about that, how each one of them have – similar-ish skill sets, you know, and, and they have, you know, big bodies and long frames and all those types of things. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, and he mentioned it. He said it's a, uh, it's a possibility that maybe we're both moral interior guys down the line right. and we just rotate into two spots. I'm like, you're not wrong. Like, you might all be right. interior guys down the line. And it's that's possible. the concern. So, that's yes. the concern, Ryan, is, yep. is you – there's a chance that they could all fit – all four of them could fit best as three techniques and noses. Yep. Now, I, I think Armel Mookum is going to end up being an edge player. He's the one I'm I most so confident in being an edge player. So, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't you can't play them as a foursome right now based on what we know no. together. So, in, in some, a, in a, somebody's going to be out of position. In the current that. defense, yeah. right. Yep. yep. In the current defense, I just don't think that fits. But I will say this, Brian, is if you hit – it's putting more pressure on 2024 from an edge perspective, right? And last year's class. Like yes, you need Burnham and Gobira to pan out. But but the positive is is that what can change the grade down the line is obviously if they hit their ceiling. But also if twenty twenty two and twenty twenty four you hit a little bit of a nice little trend on edge players, and then down the line you got all these six four plus behemoths playing inside. Now you now you've right. changed the uh, profile a little bit. You know, Bingo. like you you don't have. Howard Cross types playing interior defensive line all over the place, right? Now you have guys that are 
six four plus with vines playing all up and down the right. line of scrimmage, and that's where things change. So we'll see. Let's move on to the linebacker class, Ryan. For the second straight year, in my opinion, Notre Dame signed one of the five best linebacker classes in the country. I think it's absolutely um, indicative of of how the rankings work that when Peyton Bowen and Jeremiah, or uh, excuse me, Jaden Osbrick committed Notre Dame, they're both considered around top 50 prospects by just about everybody. Yep. And over the course of the next year, despite both having phenomenal senior seasons, they all continue to to drop in the rankings all year, and not a spot or two to where a couple people don't even have Peyton Bowen in the top 200 anymore, which is just <laughs> so insane dumb. to me. Or excuse yeah. me, Drake Bowen in the top 200 anymore. Yeah, which is just insane to me. Just further evidence of, and it's not just about Notre Dame. It's there's it's kids that happen that this happens to other schools, but it definitely seems to happen to Notre Dame quite a bit. Is how you could view Drake Bowen now? Not everyone. Right. And that's the that's again, it's it's we haven't talked about it in a while, Ryan, but it's it's further evidence of just the weird variance in rankings that Notre Dame kids have right now. I mean, you look at Drake Bowen and he's ranked number 45 by rivals. And, you know, it's funny is rivals actually first rivals has is they all have ranked some kids higher than others. But like rivals is much higher on Brendan Vernon and Drake Bowen than everybody else, while other people have them lower. But rivals has Drake Bowen 45th. ESPN has him 80th, 24-7 sports has dropped them down to 156, and on three has him at 220. <laughs> Jaden Osbury, when he committed when he committed their name, was a borderline five-star recruit. ESPN still has him number 58, but now Rivals has dropped him down to 205, and uh, on three has him at 193, and then 247 has dropped him down to number 243. Now, the one thing I like about Rivals is at least Rivals has leaves their history of, as, of rankings in their system. And when you go back and look at where Jaden Osbury was when he when he first got started, you remember he committed to Notre Dame in, in August, right? Yeah. In March of 2021, uh, he was ranked as the number 24 player in the country. Wow. They did an update in November of 2021. He was 27. Then he was 33, 39. And then in the rankings that came out right before he committed Notre Dame, he was ranked uh, number 80. That was in July. And then they dropped the ranking right after he committed, which also came after he was the best linebacker, that future 50 thing. They dropped him down in the very next ranking. He was 80th. He committed to Notre Dame on August 4th. They had a rankings release that came out August 16th. He dropped to 196th. So here's the deal. You want to talk about why I say this is this is a bunch of bunk? So they, they did a rankings release in uh, November of 2021 which is by the time his junior season was over mm-hmm. and he was ranked 27th in the country. And they had a rankings release in February, May, June, and August. He played zero football games in that stretch of time, zero football games. So first of all, why are you doing four rankings changes in the course of a period where their guys play zero football? He had just gone to an ESPN or not the ESPN, but the Under Armour future 50 event, right? Where mm-hmm. he was, he was by many people thought was the best, one of the one or two best linebackers there. And twelve days after he commits to Notre Dame over LSU, he drops over one hundred spots in the rankings without playing a single football game. And then he comes out this year, he dominates, and now in the most rank- recent rankings in December, December sixth, he dropped all the way down to two hundred five. And I'm supposed to believe that there's not a a bias to the rankings there. Well, and right? they, 
they know that it exists too. I mean, I don't know if you saw Drake Bowen's post yesterday, Brian, but he was talking about someone talked about the ranking drop, and then he retweeted. He just said, "And none of us got worse at football or something like that." Right. I was like, "You're exactly. so right, man." Exactly. Because Brian, it's not like these are two. Look, Drake Bowen just won the Buckus Award, man, as the best linebacker in all of high school right. football. He was Mister Football in the state of of Indiana. Just had a dominant senior year. Jaden Osbury just set. University Labs all-time leading record in total tackles for the program that has put out guys like Dylan Moses and other great right. players historically. Completely outplayed Arch Manning in that matchup, who they have as a top five player. I believe actually, yeah. don't they have don't they have uh don't they have Arch, Arch number, one, right? number one? I think so. Yeah. 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 So hold on. When when did uh, so Braylon James commits to Notre Dame in April? Mm-hmm. He had gotten a bump all the way up to number 67, commits mm-hmm. to Notre Dame. That very next ranking, which came out like a couple weeks after that, he drops a 77, then all the way down. They they come out with another ranking. May 17th, he's at 77. They have another ranking that comes out a month later. A month later, played zero football, and he dropped from 77 to 205. Based on what? It's not based on anything. Based on, that's not, well, a couple guys, they saw a couple guys and a couple guys just passed him. So so he commits to Notre Dame as a top 100 recruit and then they drop him to a 200 basically less than two months later. Yep. Right? So the reason we're talking about this now at the linebacker class is because this is an A class. Yes. I don't care what anybody says. And the fact that they were both ranked that high when they committed to Notre Dame, because remember, if y'all don't remember this, for a long time, People thought Drake Bone was going to go south. Yes. Clemson, Alabama, they thought he was going to go south because he's not a native of Indiana. He's a native of Texas. Mm-hmm. And and for a long time, we were the only ones really saying that Notre Dame was a team that was going to have a chance to go out and get Peyton or Jaden Osborne. A lot of people were saying it was Michigan, it was Texas yep. A&M, a lot of people like that, right? LSU might get them. And we said, now we think Notre Dame's in a really good place here. And then as soon as he commits to Notre Dame, his ranking drops over 100 spots. Two weeks after he commits to Notre Dame, it drops 100 spots. These are top 100 football players, Ryan. Yes. There's no doubt about it. These are top 100 football players. I, I think that they most be, might be top 50 players. Like I think they might be. I mean, I think Drake Bowen is absolutely a top 50 football player, and I think Jay Osbury is right in that conversation as well. Mm-hmm. I truly do, man. I Again, the, the accolades, again, like the accolades don't mean everything, but when you are the – voted the best linebacker in high school football, that means something, guys, right? Like, that means something. That means that you're the best nationally. So, mm. yes, I think Drake Bowen's a top 50 guy. I think Jay Osborne is a borderline top 50 guy. And we don't talk about Preston Zinter, who just had a really nice year for, for yeah. Central Catholic as well. I mean, he had 116 tackles this year yeah. and led his team deep into the playoffs. Like, he's a good good yeah. football player as well. He's like a top 250 caliber yeah. guy. Yeah, 100%. And he, and he gives you some versatility where if you have numbers clash at Viper eventually, maybe he's that guy that can step down and play on the ball end. a little bit. Or t- yeah, he's a good tight right. end, man. He's a real good right. tight end. Yeah. 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 So, so when, when you put all that yet. together, man, and they fit well together too, right, Brian? Because it's like – if Jaden starts out as a rover, for instance, right? Drake's your will, Preston's your Mike, and it makes a ton of sense, yeah. right? Like those guys all have different skill right. sets. They both they all play pretty well in space, which is great for the modern game. And I, but I think that they all fit well together. Fortunately, yeah. For them. Here's another one, Ryan. 
Uh, <laughs> Preston Zinter committed to Notre Dame on uh, February 11th. He was ranked yeah. as the number 214 player in the country in the rankings before that. Yep. The next two rankings, he dropped down to 219. He dropped down to 223. He is now not only not in the top 250, that's fine. 219 to, out of the top 250, that, that's, that's possible. You see sure. more film, more kids break out, happens all the time. He's now a three-star on Rivals. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Is, is so Mike, based, based is, on what? Based on is what? My, is Mike Bell still a three-star and like the 67th ranked player? All three? In, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> yeah. Let me see where they have him ranked. It's it's really bad. They have him as the number 90 player in the state of Texas. Yeah. Oh, he dropped. They dropped yeah. him further. The 64 corner. Yeah. That's insane, yeah. man. It must be yeah. the best corner group in the history of the world. I love it. It's fantastic. Yep. yep. So, so the linebacker position like just epitomizes what we talk about when you say, "Oh, there, there's no bias." Yes, there is. I just it showed it, it. Just some some uh, anecdotal evidence of that right there. Right. So, this is a really good class. I think it pl- fits well together. My question early on was, you know, who can be a Mike? I think Drake Bone can flat out be a Mike now. Uh, he he even so. to me he even looks more and more like he said yesterday like Will, but then he said you know but they can move around. I view him as a Mike really in the, with what this defense is trying to do. He's a bigger, faster version of J.D. Bertrand. I mean, if we're, yeah. if we're being honest about it. I mean, as far as how he plays. And then Jaden Osbury, is is, it looks more and more like a Will to me. And we kind of rover He's Will. Yeah. You know, um, he could be a Mike, too, if he can if he can get up to 225. You know what I mean? He just got to be able to get up, just put a little bit of weight on. But as a Will, he doesn't need to be 230 pounds to play yeah. Will. He, he could, he could definitely play. He could be the Nicobe Dean type of Mike in the system, potentially, for sure. Yep, agree. Yep. So I love this linebacker class. It fits well together. It, it it fits with what they did last year. I think a third was – you could have got away with two if Josh Burnham was still a linebacker. Sure. But I think you needed three now when you move Burnham there. And and now you're talking about a situation where you may end up moving J.D. Uh, Jr. to Alamaca there too, then you definitely needed three. Yes. Because you're going to solve Jalen Sneed and, and Nolan Ziegler at linebacker, but you definitely needed this three-man haul this year, a linebacker. So met the needs – they fit the defense. They they want kids that can run and hit. And that's the mm-hmm. thing I said about both of them. They can run and they can hit. And that's what both of those kids can do. And, and Preston Zinter is a good athlete. Again, I I, yes. I just haven't seen enough of him as a linebacker to, to feel great about just how he fits. But he's long. He's a quality athlete. He's physical. He's versatile. Yep. There's a lot of things he can do well. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he's a good player. But he's just, to me, he's not quite the, the high-level player. that. Okay other guys are and you you also have some question marks about him playing a traditional stack backer to your point because he fortunately and unfortunately for central catholic he's the dude on that defense right so he's playing on ball he's playing in space he's playing tight end so he's asked to do a lot of things but he has the traits to do it it's just about seeing it you know actualizing that talent so we uh, officially peyton bowen is flipped to Oklahoma as anyone on our message board knew that he was going to do. And he said, he just wants peace for his family. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yep. Could have yep. peace a week, weeks ago, friends. <laughs> yep. 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 So we are, uh, we're done with talking about pain bowling. I Good. really could not care less if we ever talk about him again. So it's time yep. to move on. Everybody um, knows my thoughts on that one. So, yes, yep. yes. Yep. So we're gonna. I just. I'm only saying it now because it. He just announced it officially now, which That's we fine. knew this morning. We put an, an update on it several hours ago at Irish Breakdown uh, on it. Uh, so yeah, we are yeah. we are ready to move on to the guys that are yeah. want to be at Notre Dame, and it was obvious that he never wanted to be at Notre Dame. He's he's so, been com- committed to three different teams. That's fantastic. Good for him. In in a 24 hour period, 
It's wild. Well, a 28-hour period, he's been committed to three different teams. I've seen kids be committed to three different teams over the course yeah. of a year. It is not often that you see a kid committed to three schools in 30 hours. That that takes the cake. Yes. That takes the cake for me. So, yeah, time to move on. Speaking of, it's a nice little segue to the safety class, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the safety class, Ryan. Notre Dame signed what will now be a three-man safety class still. They have a, a Don Schuler who was obviously an early commit. They got Ben Minich this summer. And then Brandon Hillman will be a guy that we've talked about we like as a safety, potentially mm-hmm. sort of like a three-safety look where maybe he's the rover yes. and and and, and uh, Don Schuler's the alley guy and Ben Minich plays over the top. You know, Maybe a Don can play over the top at times, although I don't love him as much there. And then Ben Minich can be sort of an alley guy, Jeremiah. And there's, I think you could see a look where maybe a Don Schuler is sort of the rover or Jeremiah Hillman or it's Jeremiah Hillman. I keep, cause Jeremiah, he just reminds me so much of Jeremiah Wusukoromoa that I keep calling him Jeremiah. I love where, where Brandon Hillman is sort of that alley player too. I like the idea of having Hillman as sort of like a, a, a true four, two, five safety. And when I mean true four, two, five, where it's literally five DBs, not the linebacker thing that they have now. Because let's right. be honest, the best rover that Notre Dame has had since they went to the four two five was a guy that was barely over two hundred five pounds. Mm-hmm. The lightest rover they've had was by far the best rover they had. With all due respect to Drew Tranquil, was very good in twenty seventeen. He was a much better inside linebacker than he was a rover, in my right. opinion. Yeah, Jeremiah Usukormo is by far their best, and they struggled to keep him at two hundred ten pounds. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I look at it and say. I would love to see when you look at the schedule down the road, being able to go to a, a, a group of a four two five that is a true safety option is the way to go. Mm-hmm. And I think this safety class helps them get there. It was, yeah. it was impossible to meet all the numbers needs in this class, right? Cause honestly, from a pure numbers need, you might've argued for four, but you just can't bring in four safeties in one class and expect to keep them all. You sure. had to try to go three and then maybe get another two or three man class next year or, We'll talk about cornerback, maybe corners where you can you can find a a, yeah. a way to move somebody. But to me, numbers wise, they met their need. I do. Mm-hmm. I think they needed to add a little bit of size and playmaking ability to the back end. I think they did that. There's this is a much because I'll say this: one of the biggest issues in the safety position in the last two years, it's not coverage. I'm actually pretty mm-hmm. decent in coverage. They can't tackle. <laughs> And I'm serious. Like I'm not trying to be sarcastic. It's a very bad tackling group. This group is made up of guys that can flat out tackle. Hits. Yeah. Yep. Not just hit. You're right. They can hit. But these are good tacklers, especially mm-hmm. Peyton. Good God. Especially Adon Schuler and Ben Minich. They're very good tacklers. Like I said this to Don yesterday. Adon was always a really fundamentally sound tackler. Then his body group blew up a little bit and became a punishing tackler. Yes. But the the fundamentals were always there. The technique was always there, mm-hmm. and and so that's the thing that um, that you you kind of like. Yeah, I, I look forward to seeing how the defense evolves, Brian. Because I, I think of it towards how Gary Patterson's TCU was in the early years, right when he was because he was the guy that really kind of revolutionized the four two five. And like you said, it was more of a three safety look. Like they played a lot of umbrella coverage, and that was a little bit different, right? Like both safeties could kind of rotate down, and you could still play too high because you had both guys that could be that alley player and be that type of dude that could play short zone. And you have that. I mean, you do. And I think the big key to this class for the safety group to be a good group moving forward 
is the fact that I thought Ben Minich had incredible growth as a senior and makes you feel a lot better about his potential to maybe be a deep safety in this system and to be that guy that can play over top, to play single high at points, because you know that a Don Schuler is going to come ready to go and he is going to throw his body around. And he's going to be super physical. And he's going to he's going to get what he can get out of his talent, man. Because he's a talented kid and he's a ferocious competitor. So yeah. having him combined with a Brandon Hillman that can be a little bit of kind of like an interchangeable type of thing, maybe between that Rover strong safety spot. Because hey, man, I I haven't seen enough of Brandon Hillman from a coverage perspective because he was asked to do so much at Churchland. But what I know about Brandon Hillman defensively is my guy's a striker. Like he is going to come up with some bad intention. He is going to lay wood on dudes. Like that is what he is going to do. He is ferocious, 6'1", 190 plus pounds, physically imposing dude like Adon is. And then Ben managed to your point, Brian, when he's asked to run the alley and to work inside out, it's very solid wrap-up tackler. He can do this stuff in the run game. But he becomes a, a key point of this class as far as how it fits together because Ben Minich has the best traits to work over top, to be that true free safety type. And now you need him to be that kind of guy, the guy that we saw as a senior, but you need him to keep getting better, keep working on it, keep getting to a higher level. Because if he can, the safety class is good, man. Like <laughs> It's, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's just it has more question marks now because you don't have that top-level right. true free safety type. You need and- – and that's yeah. why I gave it a B. And we didn't yeah. say this at the beginning. I gave the class a B. Because here, here's the thing. I, I want everybody to stop and think about this for a second. Okay? A B is outstanding, top 15. If You you can talk about what they could have had, what they should have had, and all that kind of stuff. And that's all fair. That's all fair conversations to have. It's not for this show, but it's all fair conversations to have. But let me ask you this. Can you go around the country – and look through all the different recruiting classes and tell me 15 di- groups that are better than this one. There are those that are better. Oh, you know, Bama did this. and oh, Not arguing that. But can you point to 15 groups or 20 groups that are better than this one? Right. Um, you, can, you can do that, and I would encourage you to do that if you don't believe me. But what I would say is, or you could trust me and, you know, like, look, we're giving it a fair grade. It's a B mm-hmm. because they met their numbers need. They have guys that can come in and play early, and they have enough. It's not as versatile as I would have liked, and that's the one thing where if you want to talk about what you lost when Peyton Bowen jumped out, he was a guy that could be a true free safety type. They don't really have that, although Ben Minnett showed me more of that as a senior than he had as a junior. Mm -hmm. So those are the reasons I drop it down to a B, but you have four kids that at least one recruiting service ranks as a top 250 player. Right. I mean, that's that's that matters. Right. And that matters I, I, to me. I would add in too, Brian, that Brandon Hillman's been a guy that I think has been underranked because he's been asked to play so many different positions. Like if he was just a safety his entire career, I don't know where he'd be ranked. I'm not really sure if I'm right. being honest. Like maybe he's a top 150 kid. Maybe he's yeah. higher. I, I don't know. But I, I look forward to seeing that type of player on campus because. When he settles in on one position and he focuses in on that day-to-day and the eye discipline and the schematics of playing and the approach, consistency, I look forward to seeing that type of player because maybe he can be that high upside type of player at the position because you just don't know because he was just asked to do so many different things in high school. Yeah. 
the physical to your point, right? The physical tools are there. Yes, the physical tools are there. No doubt. Uh, and, and I've heard people say, well, he, he's timed it. He ran a four seven electronic, but it was a while ago. He also ran a four two shuttle. Four seven is faster than Jalen Elliott. He's in the same speed range as Jalen and Alohi to me, which again, there was not that long ago. They were one of the five to six best safety tandems in the country, right? <laughs> Alohi Gilman starting games in the NFL right now. Yes. So, yeah. yes. So to me, it look, was it an elite group? No, it was a good group. Really good group. Yeah. But here, here, you know, Adon Schuler is another one. Mm-hmm. How did Adon Schuler go from the 198th player in the country, according to rivals in February Mm-hmm. to by June completely out of the top 250. Okay, fine. It's a 52 person drop, whatever. To now he's a three star. <laughs> that impacts their rank. Like when you take a kid who literally less than a year ago you had as a top 200 player, goes out and he what what were he he won like player of the year awards yes. in, in state, New Jersey, right? State player of the year at from on defense. He had 103 tackles, three interceptions, and was also a key piece on offense when he needed to be. And a punt right. returner as well. So right. Yeah. And you have him as a you dropped him for, now. If you always like here's the thing about on three mm-hmm. in their defense, they've never been high on Micah Bell. Sure. It's not like you could say they dropped him from a top two hundred to three star because it can be right. I think they're wrong, but it's just that's how they view. They've always viewed him that way. They've always been that. There's no bias there, at least that I know of, you know, at least towards Notre Dame bias. How you take Ben Mint, how you take a Don Schuler and have him as your top 200 player in February and by December, you have him out of the top 300, out of the top, like not only the top 250, but not even as a four star. Mm-hmm. They have like 400 some four stars, Ryan. It's absurd to me. And, and again, it's, it's, Preston Zinter, Adon Schuler, guys that several months ago they had as top 250 players that they have dropped to three stars after outstanding senior seasons makes no sense to me. Now, you could say, hey, look, out of the top 250, fine. Other players emerged and got better. Totally cool with that. But why are they now three stars? Mm-hmm. That's the part that's – that's and, and the reason is it doesn't matter to me. It's not going to affect their careers. It impacts you all and how you view these things. Perception. And the perception yeah. that some of you guys have well, they didn't reach these goals and this, that, and the other thing. Okay. So this is a good safety group. I will say this, my knock on it. And the mm-hmm. reason I have, I, you know, Chris O'Leary is one of those guys to me, he's got to show me something in 2024 because I don't blame him for Peyton Bowen, but here's the deal. You striking out in 22 is why you needed a guy like Peyton Bowen so bad. And so you got a good safety group. You better follow up at the very least with a similar group next year, Ryan. Yes. And that's going to be an important thing for Co- Coach O'Leary, who's done yeah, a good I, job with development, in my opinion, so far. Like the coaching part he's done well with so far. It's the recruiting mm-hmm. part that's a question mark for me. Which is weird because you hear about his great personality and everything, right? Like recruits consistently say that. But, I mean, it's it's definitely something to monitor. There's no doubt. And, again, it's like one of those things, again, Brian, that we've talked about with a couple of positions. It's just you you lessen the margin for error. Right. Like that's that's the point blank period to it. Right. Like I still think that it, I think a Don Schuler could be a really good player at Notre Dame. Really good, impactful player. I think Brandon Hillman could be a really impactful player. I think Ben Minish could be an impactful player. But now you need to count on all three of those guys to be impactful. Right. Mm-hmm. And we know that the, the margin for error is getting smaller at that spot. That's just yeah. where we are. And safety is quietly a position. That's there's going to be guys that can fight for meaningful playing time. Like yeah. I still think a Don Schuler and those guys can still fight for meaningful playing time, especially early, but 
You don't have that guy that is like a seamless transition into being the dude early on, you know? So that's just what we're missing. My opinion. The other, the other part too is, is, is in, in defense of coach O'Leary and the staff, they're, they're being on Ben Minich early. Cause w- one of the questions that Sean asked last night when we were doing, when I was on the lucky lefty podcast, Sean asked me, he said, uh, what would you say is the, is the best evaluation? And he thought I was going to say Bubakar because I think Bubakar is such a high ceiling. I said, but no, you you look at Bubakar and every, I mean everybody sees that. It, it, his his tools are obvious. Some schools just didn't feel like the tools were worth the 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 projection. You know what I mean? But the tools are certainly there. The reason I went with Ben Minich on defense is because I didn't see that one. Like they got it right. I I didn't see it at first. I, I've said on the show, I said, look, I've been asked to give this kid a shot to go out and play a senior year and all this and to just give him a benefit of the doubt. And I said, I'll, I'll do that. Right? I'll give the kid a fair shake. I didn't see it. I saw a three-and-a-half-star kid, you know, three-star kid that was a good depth player. One thing we said, this kid's going to be a great special teams player. Yes. I just see a guy that could be a, a, a safety, a guy that could be an impact player at Notre Dame. And then he went out and played a senior year, and I was like, I was wrong. Like, that's one I missed because they saw some. Now, in in my defense, it was mm-hmm. a camp that I wasn't at that was the final straw for them. Right. So I didn't have that data, which is why I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt is how well he looked at that camp. And then he came out in his senior year, and that that jump in athleticism that he went from junior to senior year was a big thing for me because the one thing you and I said at the time when they got him right because we both had some skepticism like, oh, we'll see how it plays out, but I just don't see it yet. He was a heck of a high school football player. Mm-hmm. It just I didn't see the Notre Dame level of athleticism. Right. I thought he was an Indiana, an Iowa, a Northwestern, a Minnesota, which is a good football player, but just not yeah. is that guy gonna help you football with player. Championship, right? No, when we say he's an Indiana level player, it's not an insult to Indiana, right? It, it's yeah. it's 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 good football players, it's it's division one football player, it's just not that Notre Dame gonna help you win a championship kind of guy. As a senior, he was that dude. Yes, right. And I've told the story before, but I have a friend of mine who covers Ohio State and and was doing play-by-play at a game, a playoff game, and I, I think it was St. X, and he calls me afterwards. He's like, the best player in the field that day was Ben Minich. Now, keep in mind, they have Malik Hartford, who's a top-100 recruit on, yes. on, on that, that who's, roster. Who's the dude? Who's the dude? Who's yeah. Ohio State? My buddy's an Ohio State guy. And I said, I yeah. said, did Malik – here's my first – did Malik not play? He goes, no, he played. He goes, it's just Ben was the best player in the field today, and it wasn't close. Nice. Right? And so – Said okay, that's great. And then you you start watching the film. You're like, okay, they, they got this one right. Now he's got to mm-hmm. translate it to, to Notre Dame. But that if if Ben Minich was what we thought he was when he first signed, my view of this class is a lot different. So I right. think that signature was big for the, getting that evaluation right mm-hmm. for them. One that I questioned at the beginning is what saved this class. And I then think- the other thing that saved this class too was Chad Bowden. Just even though the, here's the thing I love about Chad. The, the class was set, mm-hmm. but I think in the back of his mind, Chad had enough concerns about all the trips that Peyton Bone was taken that he's like, I'm just going to make sure that we still have some dudes. And so that's what Cleo Barnes was. The problem there with Cleo Barnes was he wants to play offense and Notre Dame really wasn't willing to give him that opportunity when it all was said and done. Right. But then he goes out and he finds this cat from Virginia named Brandon Hillman. And he says, we're going to take this kid. Why? Because this kid's a football player. Where's he yes. going to play? We'll figure it out. But this is why you take a Brandon Hillman, because if Peyton Bowen leaves, you're good. Mm-hmm. If you need a rover, you're good. If you miss a receiver, you're good. Like, let's say Dylan Edwards decommits and they don't get Caleb Smith. 
let's say Caleb Smith would have just decided to stay at Texas Tech. You're good because you can move this kid there. If Let's say you needed a second running back. You had to have a second running back. You're good. You can move him there. And let's just say hypothetically you get in a situation where your quarterback, you have a bunch of injuries of quarterback, say we need a kid who can get us out of a game. You're good. Yeah. So those kind of guys are really rare. Mm-hmm. And and this is exactly why they recruited him. So props to Chad Bowden for getting this one done, because because yep. that's the other thing where we got to say about Chris O'Leary is he didn't recruit this kid, Chad Bowden did. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, I have to say like now Chris O'Leary as as Don said with this yesterday did a great job with the Don Schuler, great job. Yep. The tools are there. He just has to you know he's young right, and that's the thing. I'm not killing him like I'm I'm not, I'm probably harder on Al Washington. Than I am on Chris O'Leary in that same grade because Chris O'Leary is like 27, 28 years old. Now right. Washington's been doing this a lot longer. You know, my expectation for him is is higher. And he and he has a reputation to begin right. with. Right. So right. I need to see Coach O'Leary do and rec- on the recruiting trail what he is doing with his team, which is he's per- I think he's a pretty good developer of talent so far, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um now he just needs to be able to recruit, give himself a better talent pool to work with. This is a good first step, though. I will say that mm-hmm. it's a good first step. It's more so the concern comes from this good class, but striking out last year it is missed, really yeah. comes from, for me. Right. Cause I never liked Jaden Bellamy. So I not liked, that's a harsh word. I never viewed Jaden Bellamy as I think Jaden Bellamy is transferring to the level he was supposed to be at. He's transferring to Syracuse. That's the kind of player I think he is good, solid player, more of that level of power five guy, not a Notre Dame guy. Mm-hmm. And but you're left with zero safeties. And that's what drags the grade down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if you had Xavier Nwankpa last year, for instance, right? Like, you probably feel a lot different about this class, right? Like, that's just kind of where you are. That's where part of me wants to give him a little bit of a pass because it wasn't Mm -hmm. his fault that they lost him. If you know the story, and we're not going to say it public, if you know the story, now you could say he should have found out sooner what happened. Sure. Right? But I can't fault him for what happened with Xavier Nwankpa, but we'll move on from that. Cause then people yes. start asking like what happened and all that. It's not going to get into it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's move on to corner. Mm-hmm. For the second straight year, Notre Dame has landed, in my opinion, one of the five best cornerback tandems in the country. Mm-hmm. And and this is a this is a big one for me, Ryan. This is a to me this is a this is a big this is a big year for a couple reasons. Number one, let's just look at what it did. Meet the need. You needed two corners to clash. You got two corners. I would argue that the decommitment they suffered sort of it was a mutual thing where basically one kid wasn't 
kind of doing what he needed to do. And the other kid was, you know, the, the Notre Dame staff said, okay, cool. Maybe you'd be better off somewhere else. He wanted to take some visits and the staff said, Hey, all these things like, look, we love you. You're a good kid, but maybe it's best for you to go somewhere else. That's Justin Red. Okay. And so they moved on to some other guys and Christian great immediately became a top guy on their board. They looked at some other guys like Josiah Wagner and, you know, Calvin Simpson hunt. And then they, then they come around to Micah bell and they landed Micah bell. And I would argue that Micah bell was a much better. Justin Rett's a very good football player. I like Justin Rett. Mm -hmm. I just like, he's a big zone cover guy type of guy for me, not a man cover guy. And he is, and they needed man cover guys. And Micah Bell and Christian Gray are man cover guys. So you met your numbers need, you met your scheme fit need, and then you talk about the talent. Micah mm -hmm. Bell I've always liked from the minute they got him. I love that kid's talent. Christian Gray is one of those guys that grew him, had to grow on me a little bit. I liked Christian Gray at first, but I didn't love Christian Gray. But the more you study him, the more you watch his film, the more you get confirmation about the speed, the more I was like, okay, I, I, I like this kid. I, I think this kid can really play. And you become a lot happier with the kind of player that he is. And so, you know, he's a guy to me that I look at and say top 100 player. Mm -hmm. I look at Micah Bell and I say top 100 player. I, I, you know, I just, I don't know how they're not top 100 players, to be completely honest with you, Ryan. And, you know, so I think these are two guys that that hit. And it's a strong two-man class. So in, in no way, shape, form, or fashion can I possibly look at and say, that this kid is anything other than this, uh, 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 this class is nothing other than a, a great class. And I'm very pleased, very happy with, with where this, with where this ended up at cornerback very in great scheme fit as well. And, you know, fit well together, boundary field, all that kind of stuff. Yes. I, I, I love this group, love this group. Well, that was going to be my main point was that I think that they fit together really well and they're both so different, which is really, because for me, Brian, like Christian grabbing first and foremost, we talked about it yesterday on the show with him and his mom. Battle tested, to say the least, right? Like he's faced against Ryan Wingo one week, and then next week he's facing off against Cornell Tate, and then he's facing off against guys like Aaron Scott, and then he's facing off guys like Jeremiah McClellan and Jeremiah Love. So, yeah, he's a battle tested six foot plus corner with length, athleticism. There's really nothing not to like about what Christian Gray brings to the table. And he fits kind of stylistically for me into what you've been successful with over the last couple of years, with the Cam Hearts of the world, with the Benjamin Morrisons of the world. Kind of those longer, twitchy corners is kind of what you've had a lot of success with. But I think the key that really brings this class to a borderline elite level is that then you go out and get a Mike Bell who is completely different than what you have right now. It's completely different. He is not as long as those guys. He's right around five foot ten in some change and 160 something, 170 pounds. But what he has is he has elite level athleticism. You want to talk about a guy that could potentially play outside and then on the next snap come inside and play man to man in the slot against a smaller body type? That's Mike Bell. Like me, me and Brian, I know we were texting back and forth when you were doing comps for him and Jair Alexander was a guy that popped in my head immediately because I'm like, that kid can match quickness for quickness inside and out. So I love Micah Bell. He's going to run, you know, whenever he makes the, the attempt at the NFL, he's going to run probably 4-3 low, probably 4-3-2, 4-3-3, somewhere in that ballpark. He's incredibly fast. And he is a completely different football player than Christian Gray, which when you kind of put those guys together, 
It's going to be a really imposing tandem on top of what you're doing recently with guys like Benjamin Morrison, Jaden Mickey, continuing yeah. developing the past couple of classes. Let's talk about the cornerback recruiting as well, because this is where I think it was so important to get this good two-man class, because I think it, it, I think Christian Gray is a guy that could help you early in a lot of ways. I think Micah Bell needs more technical work, but he's so fast that you could find a role for him early. Obviously, the two freshmen last year played early. I still really like the 2021 corner class. I do. I still think Ryan Barnes has a chance to play at Notre Dame. And talking to sources after the season, it's not the talent that's the issue for him, right? They like his talent. It's just other guys are a little bit further along. That's kind of that's kind of where it is. Uh, I still talk to sources at Notre Dame. They love Chance Talker. They think he's got a chance to play at Notre Dame. The problem is you had Cam Hart. You had Tariq Bracey. You had Benjamin Morrison. You had Jaden Mickey. And you had Clarence Lewis. For me, getting this two-man group that I think can help you in 2023, if you can hang on to, to – and I'm not get, telling you that these guys are going to leave. I'm just saying – I'm just – it's the world we live in, right? They're not playing a lot, and they're two years in. If you can hang on to Chance Tucker and Ryan Barnes, I love them as depth players that could – you know, if a guy goes down, hey, look, if, if somebody gets hurt and you got to throw Ryan Barnes or Chance Tucker in the starting lineup, I, I can live with that because I think these kids are good football players. Having them on the roster and have and hopefully keeping them here to battle for jobs and, and be a part of the depth, to me, puts Notre Dame in a position where I would have serious conversations this offseason about moving Clarence Lewis to safety. Serious conversations about that. Because with Peyton Bowen in the class, you kind of looked at him as that third guy to compete with um, – uh, I'm trying to – Xavier Watts, Watts Ramon Henderson. Henderson. Yeah. Yeah, I sorry. can't believe I was yeah. drawing a blank on that. No, you're good. I was because you saw me. I was like, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. I was like stroking out over here. I was not good. Uh, <laughs> but to me, you throw Clarence there, his game projects much better there to me than it does a corner. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. his athleticism, which is okay for a corner, but not great, projects a lot better as a back end player, in my opinion. And, and I'll give you a chance to rebut this, Ryan, if you'd like. And yeah. please do if you don't agree with me. But I think because because I like Chance Tucker, and and people write him off because you know he's been passed up by that's fine. You know, write off Ryan Barnes, that's fine. But Notre Dame still likes him. I still like him. And if those guys can stay and be part of, because you have to be prepared if Chance, if Chase, Christian Gray, and Micah Bell can't play right away, mm-hmm. you need depth there. And I think those two kids, if they can stay and keep working and developing their game can be those players and step into the lineup. If the need is, is, is called for, then all of a sudden you say, Hey, Clarence, you're going to play, you're going to play similar snaps. But we think you can help us here. Right. Sort of a nickel safety type of guy. That's what mm-hmm. I would do. I would rather do that than go to the portal for some guy that, you know, maybe pans out and what are his motivations for being here? Is it just to get the NFL? Does he really want to be here? You know, is a is a portal safety really going to like, for example, is Jonathan McGill really going to bring you a lot more than what you could get out of Clarence Lewis at safety? I like Jonathan McGill. He's a nice player. But is he really going to give you more than what you could get from Clarence Lewis? No, I don't think so. I don't either. So uh, that's something I would do. And it's because you've now hit that third straight year of good corner classes that allows you to do it. And it's because these two kids, Christian Gray and Micah Bell, can play early that I believe helps them have the flexibility to make that decision. And I think they should. And I, and if Clarence Lewis is smart, uh, that sounded disrespectful. If Clarence Lewis really looked at what's best for his future and potentially Mm -hmm. playing past 
college, it's yeah. not corner. It's okay. as a safety. Make that move now because technically, technically, he's a redshirt freshman this year. That's wild, man. That's <laughs> wild. It's, or redshirt, uh, yeah, redshirt freshman this year, right? Yeah. So he's got, he still has, so really 20, well, no, hold on. He, he's a, he's a sophomore, sophomore. this year. Excuse me, he's a sophomore this year. Yeah. Um, and so even though he's a junior in college, because in 2020 he played, but that mm-hmm. year doesn't count. So 2021 was technically his freshman year, and this year was his sophomore year. So mm-hmm. he still has two full seasons of eligibility remaining. Yep. As opposed to just one, which he normally would have. So I'd take advantage of that. Go play safety, be part of a really strong th- three-man group, and look at yourself and say, that is where you have a chance to play on the next level, in my opinion. Now, Ryan, that last part, I definitely don't know if you – you said you agreed with the move to safety. Do you believe he's a kid that could maybe find a home as a, as a a in the NFL, late-round draft pick, free agent type of guy as a mm-hmm. safety? I don't think he has any future at corner in the no. NFL. But at safety, I think he could find a home. I do. Yeah. I, I think there's way too many limitations at corner. I mean, we've seen it in this. Like, he would be a zone only corner at the next level, right? Like that would be the only system, like a cover two heavy system where he's able to come downhill a ton. And there's just not a ton of teams that run that anymore. You know, like it's, it's not more teams are now four match four, like those type of systems where they're man teams. Right. So it's just, it's not as prevalent as it once was. So it's just, it's difficult. Right. And he's also a guy that, it's been passed up a little bit for snaps, right? So that's not going to be a great thing for NFL evaluators. But if he is a guy that can play safety, play a little in the nickel, you're, you're making yourself more valuable, man. At the next level, with a passing attack at what it is in today's game, the more you can do on the back end, the more versatility you can bring, the more valuable you become easily. Because the other thing is you know that Clarence Lewis is going to play special teams. Like there's no doubt about that, right? Yeah. Like he'll He's a tough kid. Like he'll play special teams and he'll play it well. And then if he has some versatility on the back end, he could always stick, man. I mean, Matthias Farley, who was a good player in Notre Dame, a pretty good player, he stuck for how many years in the NFL and was a right. starter? Like, all right. And right. I mean, he found a home. He found a spot that made sense for him. He found a role that he could fill, and he filled it for a long time. So I think it's just about being versatile at the next level defensively. That could be a sticking point for you because you know he's going to – you know he's going to ace the interviews. Clarence is a great kid, right? You know that he's going to play special teams. So if you have some versatility and coverage for what you can do, then I think that you make yourself even more valuable in that way. Yes, agree. But that's not a po- – we're not having that conversation if Mike Mickens hasn't hit cornerback recruiting out of the park in the last three cycles, in my opinion. And I include the last three cycles because, again, you beat Jimmy Lake for Chance Tucker. Yep. Chance Tucker's a good football player. I just think Ben Ben Morrison's an exceptional football player. Mm-hmm. Cam Hart's an exceptional talent at cornerback. That's the reason Chance isn't playing. It's like, I think sometimes people think that because a kid doesn't play, or even worse, if a kid gets beat by, by a younger player, it means he's not good. That's right. the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chance Tucker's a good football player. Ryan Barnes mm-hmm. is a good football player. There's just even better football players ahead of him right now. And so that's why I think those kids still have a future at Notre Dame, in my opinion. I think they're good football players. Uh, just need to see him get that chance. And there's just a, there's a, you've got great depth at corner right now. You don't have great depth at safety. Use the depth there to go there. And it's because of the strong record, corner recruiting that you can do that, right? No in doubt. my opinion. Yep. Now, overall grade for the class, it's kind of interesting because my overall grade for the class 
mm-hmm. is a little better than my individual grade for each unit. And the reason I, I do that is, is because you have to put them together and then compare them to the rest. And so like, if they're an A minus on offense and a B plus on defense, you'd think, well, then they can't be an A grade, right? right. Well, yeah. they can because some teams may be A on offense and C on defense or vice versa, because now you got to stack them as one team. And I, and I will say, I will say this again. There are not five classes better than this one. There are not. Like somebody down there gave him a B minus. If you think this is a B minus grade, that means you think it's a borderline top 15 class. And I'm sorry, you are way off if you think that. Way off. Mm-hmm. And so what are our grades? Again, let's go back to what our grades are. A, elite college football playoff caliber. B, outstanding to, to top 15 caliber. C, solid to top 25 caliber. So to me, I think this group is a one of the five best classes in the country. I think the lowest I'd be willing to go is A minus, because again, I, I I look at some of the classes ranked ahead of them, and I say, boy, that offensive class might be better than Notre Dame's, but their defensive class isn't even close. Or that defensive class may be better than Notre Dame's, but their offensive class is not. And and that's the thing that makes this class so good is they're really good on both sides of the ball, and there aren't many teams that can say that they're the same. There just aren't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference. That's what separates this class, in my opinion, from others. Yep. I love it. I mean, I, again, I, I wish I could have a little more discourse, man, but discourse just have discourse is not healthy, right? I, I agree with you. I mean, I think that people take the negative and run with it too much, right? And we're we're too hypercritical one way or the other. You know, everything's either fantastic or some or everything is the worst thing ever, right? So hyperbolic in, in senses, but wouldn't trade this class, right? Like this, yeah. I think this class is a tremendous class. The depth is everywhere to be found. There's impact talent at pretty much every spot. You know, we, we mentioned a couple of the spots that maybe don't have the high impact talent early on, but at least in those instances, if you didn't get the high impact talent, at least they got developmental impact right. talent where if they hit, they could be really good football players. So you didn't completely strike out. I think that's my right. biggest thing is that no, there's no position this year, like safety last year, where you struck out, right? Like you didn't strike out. Could you have hit the ball a little harder? Possibly. Could you hit a little further? Sure. But you didn't strike out anywhere. Right. You did, did a good to excellent right. job at every single spot, in my opinion. Like here's an example. Everybody has LSU's class ranked ahead of Notre Dame's. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, they did they did a good job this year. Some good sure. things in that class. But here's the deal: they signed one linebacker and zero defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Well, those are positions where they had needs beyond those numbers, in my view. Right. And you look at last year. I mean, Harold Perkins is probably the best freshman linebacker in college football this year. Would you say that's accurate? I, I'm only saying probably because I, I can't tell you that I've watched every freshman linebacker this year. Yeah, but of the Perkins ones I saw, is, I think Harold Perkins was the best freshman linebacker in the country this year. Impact, Fair? very good player. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not that it's a surprise. The guy was a five-star recruit, right? Sure. They only signed two linebackers last year. They only signed one this year. It's a problem. And, and per- Perkins is also a little bit of a hybrid kid where he plays on the ball a little bit yeah. too. So it's not they even like signed he's a true stack. one defensive tackle last year, zero mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that LSU or Texas A&M thing we talked about. They they're ranked higher because they have some guys that, that get the huge bump in points because of they're the five stars, right? Mm-hmm. And there's some groups like so for me, Texas uh, LSU is one of the few teams in the country that you can look at and say their receiving core is in the conversations being better than Notre Dame's. Yep. It is. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because Shelton Simpson is better than, excuse me, Shelton Sampson, in my opinion, is better than anybody Notre Dame has as an individual talent. Jalen mm-hmm. Brown's a really good football player at yes. receiver. Kyle mm-hmm. Parker's a good football player. Kai Prane is a good football player, right? They got three tight ends. They three tight ends. Now, to me, none of them are better than 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 Cooper Flanagan, but they got three of them. And they needed three. They met mm-hmm. those needs. And so when I look at it, they got two running backs that are both highly ranked. Neither of them, to me, are as good as 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 Jeremiah Love. But you look at the rankings, and they're ranked higher than Notre Dame's. Notre Dame not only had better needs, but if you look at the star, the average uh, ranking, they Notre Dame had a higher average ranking. Texas has the number three class in the country, according to rivals. They're, Notre Dame is number seven. Notre Dame's average star ranking per player is better than Texas's. Why was Texas considered he- higher? Because Texas has the two five stars who get the huge bump in rankings, that the points rankings up. So again, you can look at that way, or, or you can just look at, did this team meet their needs? And that's the key. That's the important thing. And so that's why I say those things don't matter a whole lot to me. There are not five classes in the country, in my view, that are better. Now, we're going to find out over the next four years. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited about what this group is doing and excited about what this class landed. Yes, could have been even better. Could have been number two, number three, maybe number one. No but at the end of the day, this is a really, really good group I'm and sorry. one that moves the needle for me. Yes, And yep. I think the people that are down on it, are down on it for two reasons. One, you still obsess over recruiting rankings. And number two, you're still kind of in your feelings a little bit about what it could have been, not what it is. Exactly. And that's the reality of it. Yep. And and the timing too. Like if Notre Dame would have never had Peyton Bowen, Keon Keely, and Dante Moore in class, and in the last few days landed Jeremiah Love on signing mm-hmm. day and Kenny Minchie the day be- on signing day and um, Jaden Osbury, on signing day mm-hmm. and Braylon James on signing day, the feeling about this class is so much different because a lot of the reaction to it is an emotional one, not a and practical. Those, oh, and we went through that, Ryan, we had an emotional reaction yeah. to some of these things. And and all those guys you just named would probably be ranked a lot higher than they are right now. Bingo. They were committed if to Braylon <laughs> James remained uncommitted or even committed, but took a million visits. Yeah. And then was going to reconfirm whatever he's going to do on signing day. And then asked him for Notre Dame, he would have been a top hundred player by everybody. Oh, no, no. Facts, facts, yeah. facts. If 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 Jaden Osbury would have remained uncommitted this entire time, took visits to LSU and Michigan and Texas A&M and all the schools that were trying to flip him, he'd be a top 100 player across the board. Right? That's facts. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I showed you the evidence, everybody. I mean, I, show, I flat out showed it to you. And so that's what I'm saying is, is there are not five better classes than Notre Dame. I don't care yeah. what anybody says. And so – and and to do it in the NIL era says even more about what the staff is capable of. And we said this on the Malik on the show last night with Lucky Lefty. If Sean is right, and over the next year or so, a lot of this NIL stuff from a recruiting standpoint gets taken away. Mm-hmm. Good luck to the rest of the college football world trying to stop Notre Dame. Yeah. Because if they're doing this while people are just flat out, Oregon just flat out bought a class yesterday. They did. Flat yeah. out bought a class. And it's no right? secret. It's no secret. They didn't yeah. hide it. They're no. not even hiding it. Yeah. No. You know, then, you know, if that gets taken away, they're, they're not going to be able to touch Notre Dame. First of all, I wouldn't trade this class for their class anyway. No. But the point is, you take that away, and this staff is going to destroy people to destroy people there's no mm-hmm. doubt 
There's no doubt. And then I can sit here for the next three years and just pray, cross my fingers that Keon Killy just <laughs> decides to jump in the portal and come to Notre Dame. That's my Could you wish. imagine, man? Could you imagine? Be wild. That's my wish. So that's going to do it for the grades portion. We are we we have some questions and some super chats we're going to dive to. So we'll do a quick mailbag here, but that is going to wrap it up for the grade show. Um, Ryan, Ryan and I are going to discuss about tomorrow. We're not quite sure what we're going to do tomorrow. Number one, please remember there's a chance I may not be able to be on the show tomorrow. We're supposed to get a really bad storm, uh, snowstorm tonight and tomorrow. Uh, we're stacked up. We've got water. We've got firewood. We've got all that kind of stuff. Uh, so we'll be okay. Family will be okay. But there's a chance it may knock power out and I may not be able to be on the show. So just to keep that in mind for everybody. But if we are able to do a show tomorrow, uh, Ryan and I are going to talk tonight about whether or not we're going to do a um, mailbag again or if we might mm-hmm. push the mailbag back to the weekend and do sort of a two-year grades and then what's next type of show tomorrow. So we'll let you know. And if not, we'll do that maybe over the weekend or next week or something like that. So we'll definitely let you guys know kind of that. But we'll do that over the next couple of days for sure. Ryan and I just haven't had a chance to talk about what the schedules look like. And we may do one at night and then one in the day. I just We've got to just go over schedule and figure that out. But we will be doing a show tomorrow. That's for sure. And if I'm not on it, I'm not on it. If we if I'm not on it, it'll be a mailbag. Uh, just because I, I love doing the two-year stuff and I want to do a part of that. And so I'm going to make the executive decision to say that that's not being done without me. But uh, if I'm not being on the show tomorrow, we will do a mailbag and we'll be ready to go with that one. But uh, So we'll let you all know. But the important thing is we will have a show tomorrow. Uh, it'll most likely be at 1 o'clock. That's the plan. Uh, I'll be much better rested tomorrow than I was today. But before we head to the mailbag, folks, please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Please hit the notification bell. Share this podcast. Sign up for the message boards at boards.irishbreakdown.com. We've had a ton of people sign up recently, so you're definitely going to be a part of that action as well. And, of course, follow the CFB Nation podcast. So sign up for that on YouTube uh, as well. We would love it if you guys would kind of help us get those watch hours out. We've put a couple videos up. John Garcia recorded some stuff today. I'll have those videos up later today on uh, on the CFB Nation channel as well. So you're definitely going to do that. We have the YouTube. So, on the, so here's what we need from y'all. People say, how can we help? On the YouTube channel, watch the videos. Help us get the watch hours up, okay? Because we're we're getting close to 3,000 watch hours. We need to get to 4,000 before we can monetize that channel. So that would be very, very helpful, okay? Then the other part of it is, uh, is su- 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 subscribing to the podcast app, whether it's Apple, Spotify, however you watch podcasts, and then sign up for the CFB Nation podcast there and listen to that. Those are the two ways y'all can help us. Great content. The CFB uh, All-America guys put out a show today. It's already on the podcast app. I'll probably put that video up. I might put that video up later. I'm not sure I'm going to put that video up, but definitely going to put John Garcia's video up too. So there are some videos on there. If you guys could check them out, we'd greatly appreciate it. Help us walk, get those watch hours up uh, would be uh, would be really amazing. Right now, Ryan, I'm just going to kind of go look up where we are right now as we're wrapping this thing up here before we move on to the mailbag. But right now, if you look at our analytics, uh, we are currently, uh, let me see here, for the lifetime, we are currently, we're, we finally passed 3,000 watch hours. So, um, nice. that's obviously really good. So, uh, we're now over 3000. So we're uh, three quarters of the way there. So if y'all can help us get there, that'd be awesome. And then of course, check us out on the podcast app, CFB nation.
It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com